Hi, I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielport. We're board-certified plastic surgeons and hosts of the podcast, Forever Young. Join us every Tuesday as we share the latest products and procedures in the never-ending quest to help our patients look and feel their very best. The world of cosmetic surgery is constantly improving. Join us on the cutting edge. Forever Young is available wherever you get your podcasts. The following content is not suitable for children. Okay, what do we need? How do we get to our partner when they are hurting to stop the negative cycle? And what do we need inside when we're either shut down or we're just feeling so angry and frustrated? Woo! It's the million-dollar question, Lori. What do you need? It solves all our problems. At the heart of any cycle is unmet needs, right? If you could meet your needs, you wouldn't be in a negative cycle. A negative cycle is a failed repair attempt, right? You can't get what it is you're looking for. Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? Listen, and let's change some relationships. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. You know, this, I think if we can figure out our own need or we can figure out our partner's need, we can change the cycle. And this is what we're talking about. I was thinking about a couple this week that I'm working with and who I just absolutely love. And they're so at loggerheads with their cycle. And you know, even helping them isolate what they do need, you know, what the one needs to feel safe and what the other needs to feel appreciated for their sexual push. It's like, oh, it's such a tough cycle. I just help me with the withdrawal. What What is the withdrawal needing in general? And then maybe I can think about it specifically. Well, I want to start with the timing because... You had me talk, and then you changed me back to Okay, go ahead. We do this all the time, Lori, right? We We do this all the time. We got to get into attunement. You want to go one direction, I pivot us a little, vice versa. It's a a dance. It's all how we learn from each other. But, you know, I think most people go too quickly to what do we need. And you haven't given the space for the need to become clear. What do I mean by that? I think the order really matters. Okay. Tell me to about me, the there, order. There are, there, are three, there are three layers to this. The first layer you have to start with is when the need is not met, people protect themselves, right? If, it's, if you're not going to meet my need, then I'm going to like protest. I'm going to go away. You know, you have to meet people in their protection. That's mm-hmm. like the outside shell that, you know, if you ask somebody what they need and they're stuck in their protection, they can't access it. What I need you to do is stop being so annoying. I need you to engage more. I need you to do this. Like it's focused on the other person because we're locked in our protection. Mm-hmm. The second layer is underneath that protection is where the fears are, the hurts. When our needs are not getting met, it's like it makes us feel not wanted, rejected, like we're failing, discouraged, hopeless, helpless. Like those negative emotions are just information, right? It's letting us know what the vulnerability is. You actually got to make that vulnerability come online if you're going to get to the need. 
because embedded in every emotion not only tells us the problem it feels like I'm failing embedded in that is the solution I want to be successful it feels like I'm being rejected that's the fear I want to be chosen so you got to get people into that vulnerability to get to the longing okay the beautiful thing about EFT you know it has these three layers you can see it in step three stage one you're trying to get people to touch this vulnerability but they can't stay in it they keep leaving they keep leaving so we work with that we work with their blocks they're leaving they make jokes they do all these strategies as we go deeper stage two step five they can actually sit in the fear and the hurt and start talking about it and a lot of times the partner can respond which is beautiful it's how they start to create a positive cycle but okay, then the wait, last step, last okay, step, last step, okay, step go ahead. seven is you bring them into that place of pain and vulnerability. And from that place, they could actually try to find words for what they need. It's never really been an option with the negative cycle. So they usually don't know. But when you get them to listen to their own bodies, they will start telling you the very thing that they need. And we're going to talk about that. Okay. You got to help me make this practical for me and my pea brain this today. So... I'm the sexual withdrawer, let's pretend that. And that's a stretch. <laughs> I'm the sexual withdrawer and and you're too much, right? Like you you're critical. You're always too much. I mm -hmm. I just feel like y you shut down because you send me the message I'm not a very good sexual partner. Right? Okay, and then my protection is to do what? To withdraw, to feel, you know, I feel criticized. I feel bad. I, I just, I go away Going from away, me. Get I go you away, away from, from those you. feelings. It gets me, you gets you away from feeling rejected. If you don't put yourself in those circumstances, you won't have to feel so bad. There's protection and not engaging. Uh-huh. Okay. So I, I don't want to have sex with you. I, I don't want to do the things you want to do. Mm -hmm. I like all of those things I block out. And I think the other thing I do as a sexual withdrawer is this is what I see. And I know this is not conscious. I do know this about you. And I think what is troubling is that the partner thinks it is conscious. But as a sexual withdrawer, I withdraw from my own sexuality. You know, mm -hmm. I withdraw from my own fantasies, my own desire. Sometimes I even withdraw from my own orgasm and arousal. Like I just, I can't go there. So I'm, I'm pulling way back. And then what's the third step? Like what's the third part? Where am I feeling? Well, you got to go to those places. If you're still avoiding, you're still in, in the first step of protecting yourself. The second layer is to get you into that place of facing the fears of that. Like if you didn't go away, what would you feel? Inadequate, not enough, broken, defective. You got to actually get you to go there before mm -hmm. you can get to that final step of asking, what do you need in that place of brokenness? Okay, distinguish for me between the way I withdraw in my heart and the way I withdraw in my body. Because I do withdraw in my body as well. Like, can you help me figure out how how staying in my body is going to help well listening to your your body is that's where these emotional signals lie so if you're disconnected from your body it's hard to come up with new moves right so if we can get you to name where you feel that 
right before you go away, you're feeling something that makes you want to go away. There's a threat that your body's picking up that you want to navigate by moving away. Where do you feel that threat? You feel that in your stomach. That's where you start to get clear on, well, if, yeah, my stomach is feeling like, uh, I'm bad. I'm not enough. I'm short. I'm, I'm going to disappoint. I'm nervous. If, and yeah, I'm nervous yeah. Right. Our body is going to tell us the problem. Right. And if we listen to it long enough, it's also going to tell us the solution. And that's really what we're trying to talk about today. What do you need? Withdrawers are going to need different things. So let me just throw some things out there. You be the withdrawer and see how some of this lands. All right. So depending on where you are with your partner in the process, if you're a withdrawer who doesn't want to have sex, what is it that you would need is to be told, like, it's okay to not want to have sex if you're not in a mood. It's a healthy thing to not want to have sex. You're not broken or defective. If you're in a place where you're not, you know, the negative cycle is too strong, there's too much distance, there's too much insecurity, there's not enough desire to access because of the negativity, like not wanting to have sex is, is a healthy way of of navigating this space if you're a withdrawer what would that like to hear from your part like it's healthy to not want to have sex it's not you as the problem it's the cycle there's something happening between us that's creating this distance it's not your problem it's our problem i mean that would be amazing to hear that i ah you know i something healthy about me not wanting sex because if I want sex, I'm at such risk. I'm so vulnerable. I like, I feel the rejection so keenly in my body. May I just, yeah. as an aside, I will say that sexual withdrawers often have very sensitive bodies. Like they feel rejection. They also yeah. feel sexual pleasure in a way that is very keen, sometimes more intense than we can imagine. And that's partly why they shut down. So anyway, just, just wanted to throw that out yeah. there. Yeah, well, it's a good point. And Oftentimes, the withdrawer is blamed for their not wanting to have sex, and they believe it. When you could give them permission for this is a byproduct of the cycle in a distance, it takes the blame off of them to tell them it's actually healthy to not want to have sex if you're not in a mood. Like That empowers them, right? It takes a lot of the pressure off. The second thing is when they're struggling during sex, like say, all right, they have a willingness, they're willing to try, mm-hmm. and- Maybe it's not coming online quick enough for them. They, you know, they're struggling. If they start to feel like they're failing or they're not desirous enough. Like that's where they're going to need the reassurance of their partner the most to be able to, for their partner to acknowledge their struggle and to try to meet them there. And they can, like, so what would, if you're a witcher, I want you thinking about some of these needs, like mm-hmm. the need to be understood as trying your best. The need to be accepted, even if you come up a bit short. The need to be appreciated, to be kind of told it's going to be okay is a big one with a lot of withdrawers. Mm-hmm. Like, just reassure me. Say it's okay if we struggle right now. We'll try again tomorrow. This is not going to be a big deal. We're going to figure this out. You know, to believe in that withdrawer, to be told that you'd love them even if they fail and they come up short. Mm-hmm. That some withdrawers really appreciate not even having words, just the physicality, like to hold them. That's that reassurance. That's so often the key to the, to the need in a place of failure. The opposite of failure is being told you're getting it right. That's what we're aiming towards. But if you, you're not there yet to be told, I love you even if you don't get it right. 
Okay, That's the uh, ultimate in safety. Okay, so so I think you, you made a point here that is important. There's two places that I need to be seen and to be reassured. One, if I don't want to have sex when I really – if I tell you I don't want to have sex when my body isn't online, when I don't want to – that's healthy. It's healthy to represent yeah. myself. We don't want anybody having sex when they don't want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think willingness can turn to wanting, you know, yeah. later. But if you're not willing, it's like we don't want you to have sex. That's that's right. crazy making, right? You, your body belongs to you. Yep. But also in the midst of it, if I'm willing and say I'm not getting aroused and now I'm starting to go through stuff, right? If my body isn't working the way I expect it to or the way I think you want it to or maybe you're acting perfunctory, it's like, you know, okay, okay, keep going, keep going. <laughs> you know, I mean, it could it could turn me off. It's like I get the message that you're not very excited because my body's not responding the way you think it is or whatever. I, I get that sense of I'm no good. And so mm. then I just want to stop. Right. I just want to and stop. That's the and you're place saying where you're going to need the reassurance yeah. in those moments when deep inside I feel like I'm failing, I'm not enough, I'm less than, you don't desire me. I need. That's where you're going to need the reassurance, the message that it's okay, the message that you know you're loved even in this place of struggle. This is actually the most tender moment we have as humans. This is where we need love the most, and this is where withdrawers are never getting it. This is where mm-hmm. they're going away. So if they could find their words in this place, it changes the game. Okay. The last thing a withdrawer is going to need before a break and we switch to pursuers is when they get it right – celebrate it oh it's not gosh. the time to remind of other things or maybe next time it's like yes we just did it like tell them good job tell them like that was amazing tell them like it you felt so super connected to them keep it focused on the success pursuers always want to introduce that was nice but maybe next time we could try this and yeah. that is not the time when they are nailing it stay in that sweet spot oh i think that's the the number one message I would tell sexual pursuers, yes. It's like if as a sexual withdrawer, I did something that you wanted or, you know, we had a great time in bed or something, just say that was awesome and then be quiet. It's like that's that's what I want. I want to know that you're satisfied. I think the, the problem comes, right, is that they go beyond that. The sexual pursuer wants to capitalize on that moment, yeah. which makes sense. You know, but don't capitalize on that moment because it sends a, a message that it wasn't enough. And I want to know it was enough. I want to know you're satisfied. I want to know that I did great, that you think I'm sexy, that you think I'm attractive, yep. that you think, you know, it was it was awesome. Yeah. That absolutely. celebration is the completion of the positive cycle. You've worked through <laughs> not wanting it to the struggle, to getting yourself to the place of enjoyment. Mission accomplished. Bam. Okay, right. so celebration for the sexual withdrawer is like the magic. That's the magic. Okay. That's what we're getting to. Okay. Let's get to the magic of the pursuer. Okay. Hey, it's almost Christmas, and we all need to save a little bit of money so we can buy more gifts. If you are wasting money on subscriptions, and 80% of people are, they forget about them, we have a great new app for you that tracks all your expenses, and it'll help you not waste money so that you have more to spend. It's called Rocket Money. 
It's formally known as Truebill. So if you really want to know how much your subscriptions cost, most people think they're spending about $80 a month. It's really closer to $200. Ick. And I just love that this, you know, has helped me. I have figured out where my money is really going and been able to stop the subscriptions that I no longer need. Trust me, get rid of those useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash foreplay. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars a year. And that's a lot of money. And especially at this time of year, we all need that. Rocketmoney.com slash foreplay. Cancel all those unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash foreplay. Okay, it's Christmas, and we so want you to focus on your relationship now and in the new year and for all time to come. And we really have a cool tool to share with you about. It's called the Lasting Connection System. It's by one of our own EFTers, Dr. Rebecca Jorgensen. And I really want you to look at the Couple Connection System. It's a groundbreaking kind of innovative method that guides you as a couple through how to connect, be more fully authentic, deeper, and have more meaning in your relationship. It's something that will help you outside of therapy, basically teaches you how to communicate from that deep, vulnerable place that we keep talking about, and also helps you later on with conflict resolution. You use your body to stand on a mat, do different exercises with you. It's perfect to use as homework between therapy sessions. Or if you're not in therapy, we really encourage you to use it. And also, if you're an EFT therapist, there's also a mentor connection system so that it'll teach you how to use it with your couples and use this tool. I just think so many of us are starved for deeper, more meaningful connection with our partner. And this is you know, a way to do it. You know, Take some time over the holiday. Take some time over Christmas to use this system. Go to buildingalastingconnection.com and use the coupon foreplay for 20% off. That's buildingalastingconnection.com with the coupon foreplay. Get your connection system today and help learn how to regulate emotion and share your deeper feelings with each other, the things that really matter. And we all want that at this season. You have a lot to say about the pursuer. But again, we the timing has to be right. You have to be able to work with the pursuer with where they're at, which is often the frustration and the pushing and the energy. It's hard to get to the longings. If you ask them what they want, they're all going to give you a long list of what their partner should do differently, mm-hmm. right? Which is not what we we're talking about. When we talk about wants, it's more about what do you want in the places of vulnerability? What does your heart crave? Not focus on the behaviors of your partner, but what your heart needs okay, in those so, places. Okay, so help me on this one because- I'm a sexual pursuer, and what my heart craves is fun Lots. and variety. And it's like, I, I mean, yes, I, I know my partner loves me. You know, I, I know that those longings are kind of met, but really, what I need is thrill. I need excitement. I need variety. I, I need my body to join with their body in a way that gives me life. Yeah. I want to do the same thing with Jorah. I'm looking at the want, the need changes at different points. Like what you need when you're not having sex versus when you're struggling in sex versus when you're having great sex, that, you know, those needs might change. So let's start off with, you know, when you're not having sex, how do we honor the, the, 
pursuer for fighting for the relationship, for initiating, for that anger that's saying something needs to change. You know, we're not having sex as a couple. We're only having sex every so once in a while. Or, you know, when we have sex, it's, it's kind of boring. Like that protest is their way of trying to create change. Like it's a healthy thing to protest. I get the impact's not so great, but what would it be like for that withdrawer? For me, I'm the withdrawer telling you, like, I get why you fight for the relationship and why you protest. It's healthy. It's okay. What would that be like to hear? Yeah, that's good too. I, I like that. If you were telling me that you saw that my drive, my persistence, my pursuit, even my anger and criticism sometimes is about trying to expand this area of our connection, which is our physical intimacy, yeah. our, our sexuality, which is essential for us as a partner part, in partnership. You know, yeah, that, okay, at least you see my motive as good versus I'm all about sex or yeah. all I want is sex or whatever. It's befriending your anger. And I'm telling your anger, like, this is not you. This is, this is a byproduct of the cycle. Your anger is you're trying to kind of create change. You don't want to be angry. The cycle does that to you. And I get that and I understand that, right? That permission being told it's okay, like that often really can sue the pursuer. Mm -hmm. The second part Wait, is what is- Okay, you got to do that though, practical. Are we going to go through? Yeah, do that practically. Say it again. What do you okay, mean I'm, practically? I'm, I'm mad. We haven't had sex. How do you soothe me? So, so- you know, For, like, so I would be able to say, you know. It's been two weeks. Like you don't even notice it. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I'm, I'm sorry that our dynamics sets up these conversations where you get frustrated and then I get annoyed at your frustration. And I get that your frustration is just a part of you that's saying things need to change. It's beautiful that you want things to change. You know, you really want to have more sex and that's a good thing. And I'm so sorry the cycle stops me often from seeing that, right? But I'm seeing that right now. I know you don't want to be angry. And I'm sorry I take your anger so personal because I get how beautiful it really is. Okay. Did okay. I have you at hello? <laughs> but isn't that nice when the, your partner is just giving you permission for how you protect yourself? Like we're yeah. not having sex right now. So you got to protect yourself just like you try to protect me when I'm going away. It's not because I don't care. It's just mm -hmm. what I'm doing to protect myself. Mm -hmm. Your anger is trying to create change. I think when you, there's a need in that to be acknowledged, to be understood, to be given permission. So when you give that to a pursuer, it usually can calm them down. Okay. But the more challenging one is when you're struggling in the intimacy department, maybe you're trying to have sex and, and or you initiate sex and your partner's not in a mood or your partner you want to be a little kinky you try you try some some nipple clamps or you try something different which is just your way of introducing some novelty we had fun in another episode again trying to have some some light around some of these topics right but you know it's very likely that you're going to get rejected at some point during the act Mm -hmm. Right, you're going to probably push for something your partner's uncomfortable with. Like rejection is part of it. How do you listen to that rejection that feels like you're more into it than your partner? You're taking more risks than your partner. It doesn't feel good. Like why? How do we make sense of being rejected? What's yeah. wrong with us? Maybe you're not attracted to me anymore. Maybe I put on weight. I mean, there's so many things that could play in this this vulnerable place. 
And that's where the beautiful, you know, opportunity lies. This is where we need love the most. So the opposite of rejection, if we listen to the rejection, this is where the longings come in, the wants. That's why we need the vulnerability to be online. If my fear is rejection, what am I looking for? For you to show me you want me, you desire me, you see me, you choose me, you believe in me, you're going to initiate, you're going to take some kind of action. That's what my heart longs for in these spaces. Mm. Right? So we're going to try to help these pursuers put words like, my fear is that you... You know, you don't find me attractive anymore. Wait, we're, you know, yeah, uh, wait, wait. We're also helping, we're, we're trying to comfort them, aren't we? Yeah, that reassurance of saying, I still am attracted to you. But a lot of times, that's what withdrawers want to do. They want to calm the emotion, but okay. they don't, they don't take that real next step, which is showing energy, showing engagement. That is the longing. The fear needs reassurance, but the longing needs action. Okay, so right, I, so I need my partner eventually sexually to show up for me. Yes. Right, that's what you're sh- saying is that if it's, you know, if it's in the critical part of the cycle where, you know, I just want sex and you pull away, that's one thing. But then deeper down, I eventually need you to, to come toward me. I need you to be sexual. I need you to engage, right? Yeah. And so, Yes. And I think that's that, that, that step that really takes it to the next level. So maybe I feel rejected and I say, and right now I'm feeling rejected because it seems like you're really not into it. And you might reassure me and say, you know what, I, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. I do love you. I, I know, you know, my inhibitions from kind of the cycle and what happens get in the way. But you know what, I, what do you need me to do? I, I'll get on top. How is this? Is this like that engagement shows that pursuer that, you know, this place matters, that you're willing to stretch yourself, right? And that brings up your own blocks and we all work with that. But to, for, for the partner to see the health and the longing that says you need more active you know, wanting, expressing that desire, you choose me, you see me, you need me. Like that is the stuff that really fills a pursuer up. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think this is, you know, where therapists get stuck for sure. It's like, how can I get somebody who doesn't want sex, who isn't that interested to want, to desire? But, you know, there there's so many ways. Like, I think we can act sometimes like and stretch ourselves, like you said, to to, I don't know, develop inside the eroticism, to, to mm-hmm. change, to think, to start to fantasize about sex. I mean, there are ways that we can enter sexuality more fully, even if in the past we haven't done that. And I think that's the withdrawal coming forward. It's like, okay, look, at this hasn't been important to me for a million reasons, but it is important to us. And because it's important to us and for, for you to feel me come forward in this. I'm going to buy some books. I'm going to go to a sex therapist. I'm going to mm-hmm. get on top. I'm going to you know, wear some lingerie. Can. I'm going to mm-hmm. buy those damn nipple clips. <laughs> and that's why the last part of it is often the easiest to give success to the pursuer, but often it never happens. Like after sex and it works and it, it's great and you have a great time together, like that's where you really do want to take the moment to celebrate that. Be able to say to that 
pursue it. Like, thank you. You just rocked my world. I mean, that was like the best thing I think I've ever experienced. Like, you know, and you initiated that. You pushed for that. And like, I'm so glad you did that. Like, what do you think that sounds like of a pursuer? That sounds great. Right. A pursuer wants to know that they are all that. You know? It's the easiest way to do it afterwards, too, to be able to say, like, instead of just rolling over saying goodnight, to be able to say, like, damn, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I can, am so can you, glad. Can you say it again in the morning, too? <laughs> you know? it, it, wouldn't that be nice? That's the just initiation. Just in the morning. That's the you initiation. wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm a little sore, but that was, that was so amazing. Like, that, these are the things that like, just make a pursuer skip throughout the day. Like, why not give these easy victories that just kind of remind them? Remember, the fear is rejection. The mm-hmm. antidote to that is telling them how amazing they are and you choose them. Mm-hmm. After sex is some of the easiest times for a partner to meet that need. And I think there's relief if if the withdrawing partner is initiating conversation, compliments, or just remembering out loud together about how great it was last night. You don't have to push. You don't have to keep going. It's like you don't have to keep reminding them because they have it now in their heart. Mm-hmm. No, and this is where when we do the great sex weekends, this is often the hardest conversation for couples to have. Like in these places, if I listen to my fears, what do I need? And we're expecting most of you to not know. It's never really an option. The negative cycle never makes it safe, right? Your partner's the most scary when you need them the most. So it's we never really can talk about this. So when we start to really understand and befriend each other's protections and start to calm things down, we open up the space to really listen to our vulnerability. It's okay not to know, but if even if you're paying attention to that, you're on the road to figuring it out. And there is nothing more powerful than knowing what you need at your most vulnerable places. And when you can ask for it and get it, you have the best relationship on this planet. I love that. I'm going to bring out the tambourine. You were preaching it, man. Good job. It's, Good it's, job. We have that simple saying in EFT, no risky, no getty, right? It's hard to risk it. You know, we might not know what we want. Our partner might not know how to respond. But if you mm. never ask, you're never going to get it. And mm. when you get what you need in these places, it really changes the game. And I, that's my hope for all you listeners out there, that you're going to do the work. You know, come to one of our retreats, you know, read a book, listen to the podcast. But deep down, every vulnerability has a longing. If you sit in it long enough, your body will tell you what it needs to feel safer, calmer, relaxed, happy, positive. Listen to your body, ask for what you need, and you'll thank us tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. Okay, so tell us about your cutting edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability? Lori, we just keep pushing it. Coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical moment by moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough of this talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? 
give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. Right, you need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our, our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.